Today, my guest is one of the very few people who tells the ugly truth every single time with the words that he likes. He's one of the best content creators on LinkedIn. He wrote a couple of eBooks on that topic, and one of them starts by saying, this is the first line, your content is probably shit. <laughs> but I personally learned more about creating impactful content on LinkedIn from Dan Kelsall than literally anybody else. And I've been on LinkedIn for multiple years. I've seen lots of content being created by smart people. He's a creative director and a founder of an agency called Offended.Marketing. He's an exceptionally creative guy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Kelsall. Dan, good afternoon. Good to see you. Do you plan for these like spikes in the work or it just happens and you have to deal with it? Uh, it just happens. I mean, uh, our accountant said to us this week, uh, he's like, um, I'm a bit, bit worried about you guys, to be honest, because, uh, you, you know, you, you, you're making money and all the rest of it, but there's, there's zero processes. And he did think when he, uh, when he first on, he was like, uh, I will be, I think you see exactly what was, I will be watching this account with pure fear. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but. You, you, you are obviously not a process person by, by any stretch. No, no, not at all, mate. Um, and, and Dino, my business partner, isn't, isn't much more of a process person either. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's not great for process over here. Uh, we do, we, I think I think one of our one of our major hires probably in the next six months is going to be someone coming in and uh, and bossing me and Dino about and making sure that we that we we kind of stick to some sort of process and whatever else. But for now it works. I think because of the level of clients we've got, we're kind of at that. I think we're at that that tipping point now where we're we're, we're making enough money that, uh, that that you know it's profitable and things are going well. And but at the same time, we we, we can get away with. Um, fucking up quite a bit and, and forgetting to do things and not being as organized and you, you, you'll have you'll have you'll have noticed over the past week the fact that <clears throat> how long it takes to book meetings in with me and how many emails i forget and i'm pretty sure i forgot about our first call didn't i uh, um which um you know I, I think we can get away with that for now but i think in the next mm -hmm. couple of months if we start getting more money we, we've got to get someone in who knows what they're doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that uh obviously that makes sense so you don't really how many folks right now do you have on the team uh, so we have this, <clears throat> this four core, and then we've got um, a little team of freelancers as well. So, you know, writers, uh, videographers, um, designers that we use, depending on what the project is. Mm, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird time. I mean, we, we, are, we have been looking to take on, but because it's such a, because the market's so volatile at the minute and anything can go wrong at any point, the, one, the last thing I want to do is, is, is in, you know, employ some more people and then and then we have to you know something goes wrong and we have to let them go i mean it's, it's not fair on people especially in this in this you know in this time um so we've got to be really careful so i'd rather use freelancers because you know in in that respect for bigger projects it means we can you know we can chop and change and, and we can drop them when we need to um but hopefully things will, will stabilize a little bit next year we can go we can start actually you know hiring again and ramping up because we do need to like i say we're on that tipping mm -hmm. point now where we're just getting a little bit too much People are stretched, you know, everyone's working late hours. It's we're at that point where we're probably gonna have to do it <coughs> bite the bullet. Right. You know, right. Like, you know, I, I uh I've read a lot of uh I've read a lot of ebooks and a lot of you know PDFs and uh none of them started with the first line, your content is probably shit. <laughs> That's true though, isn't it? It's it's um you know, is it uh more of um hey I'm going to 
like developed as brand or this is me as a person and I'm just going to roll with it? Uh, it's a little bit of both, to be honest, mate. I think I think it's, it started as like this is just me as a person. I'm not I'm not very good at not being myself, and, and you know, uh, I think anyone in here and mates will tell you the same thing. Is that <clears throat> when I'm when I'm when I'm happy, you, you know about it. When I'm pissed off, you know about it. And when I'm when I'm sad, you know about it. When I'm angry, you know about it. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not very good at hiding emotions. I'm also not not very good at lying. My lies are see through, so everyone can point, can pretty much point out whenever I, I'm fibbing. Um. But, uh, and, and it kind of started out just being me. Um, and I think it's developed now into, into more of looking what the market wants to see. Because we realized, ah, right, you know what? Being myself and, and swearing and having this tone of voice works. Um, that's the area of, of, that we'll, we'll kind of develop into and grow the brand into. So it's, it's, it's taking a part of my personality and just kind of elevating it to build a brand around it. But it's not necessarily just me anymore. Uh, offended is, is much more than that. It's, it just plays on the parts that have worked for me in the past. And when you st when you start, do you just start in and see, hey, like whoever is going to attract, or do you do you have a, already a certain type of folks in mind that will probably resonate with um, with the style? Uh, we, we we know more about it now. Um, basically, you know, just just if you're not a dickhead, we can probably work with you. Um, but I think it, it, it's been very good at weeding um, people out that we, we, we don't want to work with. Um, what, what still surprises me though, and it surprises mm -hmm. both myself and Dino, is every time I do a piece of content and we slag uh, you know, a type of person off, I like to slag off old white gammons, you know, old white men um, who are a bit stuck in the ways and stuck in the past. And I like to kind of rid them a little bit. But the amount of um, leads that we get through from those individuals it, it, it's astonishing. It's almost like they, they, they don't see themselves as that. Uh, the, the, you know, it turns out the gammons aren't very self-aware, um, so which is weird. But it, it's done a good job of filtering out the people we don't want to work with. We, we're very lucky in that you know most of the work that we get to do is with brands that want to push boundaries. You know, we, we are not the company, and, and we like, never wanted to be the company that goes into brands and does a fucking you know, dry company corporate video with a load of talking heads or like potatoes in suits. Um, it's never going to be the type of, type of thing and project that we want to work on. You know, I'd literally rather, uh, you know, piss on my own face than, than, than do that. Right. Great. Do, do you have a, do you have times when people are attracted uh, with your content on LinkedIn, for example, and they, they want to work with you, but then their brand is too boring? Like their brand is just something that you you don't like you like it's not really what you what you do. Yeah, it's, well, you know it's, it's it's a dual thing because it's it's um, I w I always say that like uh, some of the driest industries are the most exciting to work in, right? So so we we we're a bit weird in Dino. We love cybersecurity, right? Um, and we love it because it's such a shit industry uh, when it comes to content. Yeah, that doesn't take much to stand out, right? And we we. We love doing stuff like that. It's, it's really, really easy for us to do stuff that has impact because they've never done anything. It's just all the same dry, boring shit, right? Um, but on the other side of things as well, if if there is a brand that we just think we can't help, either because the person who runs it is a knob, or because the the you know we don't like the product, we don't we just we don't buy it ourselves or whatever, or we, or we don't think it's got legs, say it's a new startup. Or we don't agree with uh, you know the, the, the ways that they do business and things, the way that they they market themselves, and um, then, then then we won't work with them. Um, particularly if people have really strict um, 
strict rules on what they will and won't do. And, and you know, a lot of companies, particularly the bigger corporates, have, have really, really strict brand guidelines. And uh, and their marketing team don't even really act like a marketing team anymore. What they do is they just act like the brand group. Mm. That's, that's that's basically their job. Um, and it actually holds back, you know, um, what it is that we're trying to do. And that's 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 what founders. Uh, so people like that won't work with you. Do you do evaluate folks like hey like how how would how much they would allow you to do or you just they they already see your work they already know your style when they come in and and they know what to expect so like you don't really have like a formal points or something like evaluation uh not really i mean mine's just you know do i like your products and does it excite me and do i think i could do something cool in it and you know are you a dickhead or not and that's them my two questions um but um, the, the interesting thing is, we, I mean, we've grown this agency on, on solely on inbound leads, right? We have mm -hmm. never, ever, ever done any sales activity. We have never, ever, ever done any out, outreach. We have brought in everything that everyone that comes to us as an inbound lead. To, inbound leads tend to be so much easier to work with because there's no sell. We don't have to explain to them why we're good at what we do. They came to us. Um, and how, how we did that, I don't know if I can clear, mate. People always ask me, oh, how, do, how do I get inbound leads like you do? I, think, well, I really don't know. I don't know how we did it. <laughs> but we just need to... You know, we put our piece of content and we'll get, we'll get, we might get five leads um, and we'll probably close one of them. And that, that happens week in, week out. And, and, you know, we're almost kind of, we're almost going to hold back on some of the content we push out as well, because we, at one point we're growing too quickly. Mm -hmm. And when you've got two lads running an agency that don't have a fucking clue what they're doing, uh, that can be really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, especially trying to outsource some of the work that you probably can't handle. <laughs> Yeah, was that would that be LinkedIn and some other channels or? Yeah, no, we only use LinkedIn. So we, we do a lot of um, work on other channels for the other companies. So we do a lot of creative on you know people think that we're just a LinkedIn agency. We're not. We do we do tons of shit on on, on Instagram. Um, you know we we we've done bits on Twitter. We do stuff that we've done billboard campaigns. You know um, outdoor stuff. So. Um, but we I'm a big believer in um, especially if you're a small company. <coughs> um, Get good at one thing. Get good at one thing, and if, if if you get in, if you've got one channel and you grow one channel, and you're getting enough leads through that channel, you don't have to spread yourself thin over all the other channels, right? Market mm -hmm. agencies. How many market agencies? Agencies you look at that are shit at marketing themselves. The simple reason is they got they haven't got time to, and yet they've got four social channels open. They just spread themselves really thin across the social channels, and it's it's shit. But if you look at like YouTubers, right? And you look at these kids who grew themselves on Instagram earlier yeah. and the TikTokers and stuff. They grow really big on one channel first, and then, only then, do they transfer their audience over. Mm -hmm. It's easy, because you've got an audience here, and you go, oh, by the way, guys, I'm going to go on this channel too, and quite right. a, a good percentage go over, right? That's how you do it. it. That's the smart way of doing it. Trying to grow, no marketing team, right? I don't give a fuck if you've got six here, right, in the corporate, or, or no marketing agency has time to master four channels, four social media channels. It's fucking ridiculous. So get good at one. Get the leads through, and that's what we do. LinkedIn's our channel. It doesn't mean that we don't operate on other channels. I'd love to grow our other channels, but in all truth, mate, we just all the time. But you, I mean, you probably have more. You, more, you have more clients that you can cope with. So, like, it's not about like you. Like, why would you get another channel right now, right? Exactly, and I'm I'm sick of clients. Sick of more. <laughs> what about? <laughs> uh, tell me, uh, tell me about. Um, so building the audience on LinkedIn, let's say you, like say if you're a small business and you start working from a profile of the CEO or, or somebody who is high up in the company, how, uh, like how much time do you think it will take to, to get enough audience to then start pushing content that people start seeing maybe on, on a reasonable scale? 
you know what? I mean, the, the, the two channels that you can you can you can do this on very very quickly are at the minute are LinkedIn and TikTok, right? Uh, Instagram's a real struggle. Uh, if you haven't already got a follower on there, or you can't buy, I don't have enough money to buy a channel. It's already got a following, then you, you you're really going to struggle, right? Um, and but LinkedIn and TikTok are two places that you can go viral with with fuck all followers. We've we've taken on people that have got about eight hundred to a thousand followers on LinkedIn. And we've had we've had posts that have gotten the you know thousands of likes and and, and tons of leads coming in, right? You can do that, and that's a beautiful thing. They're going to lock that down eventually because there is no way on earth they're going to let people keep doing that and having that free, you know, this 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 amazing opportunity. But they're going to do something. The rules will come in, but then there'll be another channel that you can use that'll, that'll have the same thing. It's, it's just a progression. It's like kind of like, like where Facebook was like you know, five years ago or whatever. Right. And it's the same with, with TikTok. So, um, but for 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 LinkedIn, it's. Um, the best thing is just just figure out what your voice is and what how you're going to post original content. Stop nicking people's content. It's shit. Mm. Um, stop you know stop um, posting dribble. Stop over posting as well. People think you've got to post. You can say post every day. Nobody is that creative to be able to post something meaningful every day. And if people say they are, they're full of shit. Like it, honestly, the amount of people. I think I told right. you about this. The other you day. did. You did. Yeah. You know, I've kind of been doing this now on LinkedIn for maybe five years. Right, we're going up and down and up and down. But it's constant. constant uh, constantly high engagement, right? But I'm lucky, I might post two to four times a month. That's it, right? Um, and you've got all these people and, and, and you'll, you'll have these dips and it's like a six month peak. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a load of new LinkedIn influencers pop up where they're all getting all these, you know, uh, thousands of likes and whatever. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've all got this authentic voice or whatever, right? And they're posting every single day and they get giddy and they think they're this fucking big superstar. And then Six months time, it dries up because they've been posting every day. Everyone's sick of the sight of them. Uh, and guess what? They're not that interesting. They've run out of things to say because none of us are that interesting, right? You haven't got that many things to say that you can talk about something meaningful every day. Right? Um, and then in another six months, you see the next set of influencers rise. And then they pop up. They're going to do the same thing. But like, honestly, the biggest tip on LinkedIn is don't fucking overpost. You're better off with one post a month, right? That hits the mark with your target audience, gets a ton of the right engagement, brings in loads of conversations. Because it's not just the content that's important, right? 50% is the content that brings in the, uh, mm -hmm. the, the engagement of the right people. The next 50% is dealing with the, the outcome of that, right? So the people that come to you. So you should be spending the next, the rest of the month having conversations with those people, trying to develop them into customers. Mm -hmm. And that's what people miss. People think it's all about the content, content, content. It's not. It's just as much about the follow-up. Uh, so, so, so the biggest tip on LinkedIn is, is don't overpost. What do you think about, uh, so let's say you, maybe you have a thousand let's say you have a thousand followers of like a not profile that is not, not developed at all. Would you say it would be all about the hook, then the story, then the twist, and then that that's the post structure that you that you have that that might seem reasonably simple, like, Oh yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. But then to find the right, the right mix and to find the right, the, like a really good hook, not like a bullshit hook. Like it's, it's pretty hard, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, the hook is the most important skill anyone can learn, right? The amount of copywriters that we that we get in or we you know we use on freelance who are great writers but no one reads the shit because they don't understand that because they think people think that like a you know a, a title that hooks people in or a line that hooks people in is clickbait right no clickbait is just a bullshit line that you put out of that drags people into something that, that doesn't match what you were saying in the first place right so people get pissed off at it a hook isn't clickbait a hook is you know a polarizing or impactful or funny sentence or, or title or whatever that drags people in and then the chuffs of bits because when they then read the content, the content matches it and the content's just as funny and it's just as valuable when you get something from it. 
it's been done since the dawn of time like hooks uh have been used in since the the, the dawn of advertising right and it, it still amazes me how 99.99999% of fucking marketers and writers still don't know or either aren't aware of them or can't write uh, and it's it's a skill everyone should try and get good at that first sentence of every social media post or that title or that thumbnail of the video of, the, of your video master that first that's what will drive you right do, you, how do you then what do you look how do you find these ideas how do you find these things that are strong enough? Because I find like, for example, when I post on LinkedIn, I have a, I do have a challenge of like finding something that is, that is really, really has enough depth, you know, not just some like trend that is just like, oh, this happened and there's not much analysis that you can do. Is it more about being, having a, enough imagination, understanding how you could twist it around or, or something else? It's difficult, mate, honestly. And, 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 you know, there'll be a lot of marketers that get pissed off with me for saying this, but most people's ideas are shit because having ideas is a skill in itself, right? People think that everyone's, everyone, everyone wants to have ideas, right? Because it feels good when one of your ideas is put into practice. The reason your ideas aren't being put into practice at work is because of shit, right? You're not an ideas person. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's a skill. Certain people have it, certain people don't. That's why I always say that all creatives aren't creatives. You know, people who call themselves creatives, you're a creative if you can put, come up with an idea or a narrative that, you know, your target audience completely relate to and that drives massive engagement and that, you know, uh, drive, you know, drives results for the business, whatever that may be. Like, that's a creative, right? But then the other people, like, you've got really, really technically good writers or videographer, uh, videographers or illustrators, and they're not creatives, they're illustrators because they've got shit ideas, but they can execute the ideas of the creators really, really well. Two different skill sets. Most creators aren't creatives, you're executing. Hmm. Your ideas are shit. Your ideas will never be good because your ideas... That is a skill in itself. And it's not its not a bad thing. This isn't me slagging them off. It's okay to have shit ideas. You're just not an ideas person. But what you need to do then is, and that's why if you're really struggling with your own marketing, you need to either go, go and find an ideas person to work with, or you need to go to an agency where they've got a good ideas person, or you need to bring a, a good ideas person in-house. It's a business. It's a skill, and it's a really undervalued skill. So when people tell you it's all, all about the execution, it's not about the mm -hmm. idea, that's you know, the bullshit. People have got that completely twisted. Yeah, you know, you, a, a, a great idea with average execution will always outdo a shit idea with brilliant execution. Mm. Well, what, oh. what when you are coming up with posts, then say let's say for a client, what do you look for to get the ideas or to to find ideas? Um, what some of the kind of like. I mean, you did talk about the fact that you like fiction and, and it's just more of like a conceptual stuff, but like for <clears throat> specific business and, and the audience, what do you, uh, what do you look for? Maybe read, go through, maybe talk to people. Uh, what do you normally would do? So the, the, the biggest thing is, is, um, basically looking at what, look at everything that exists in whatever industry it is that you're trying to create ideas for. Look at everything that already exists and don't do that. Right. That's step one. Right? Okay. Scratch all out. It's already been done. Right? It's already been done. Put all out. Um, look at other industries that have nothing to do with that industry and see what they're doing really well because you can nick things and shoot on your industry into them. That works really well. Uh, we've we've done really bizarre, uh, bizarre stuff. Um, and the more bizarre it gets, the, 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 the better it does for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, it, it seems to work really well when you shoot on something into, say, cyber security mm. or recruitment or, you know, tech. That really shouldn't be there you know we just made a recruitment app um 
um, do a uh, do a Greece parody. Agreement, uh, and that comes out week, and it's absolutely rubbish, mate. It'll probably do well, um, but it's it, it's kind of like just look look outside of what that industry does. Just don't don't stick to what everyone else does. I, I, I can't stand these people that look at competitors and go, "Oh, I want to be like that." No, you don't. You want to be yourself. You want to be you. Like you don't want to be like them, because then you've just got two fucking. You've either got two of the same, or you're a shit version of what they're doing. So, right. you know, sort of kind of look outside of that, and, and, and like I say, and, and um, you, like, like I do, read a lot, read a hell of a lot, read a hell of a lot, watch a lot of films. You'll get weird ideas. Right. Yeah, I, I noticed. I noticed that uh, like uh, when I follow like YouTubers, like you, you know, like just like YouTubers that have nothing to do with marketing, you get these weird ideas that that are completely unrelated. But I've seen that people like that. Like even even if we talk about camera angles or the way that you talk about the story, the way that you start your story, it works. Uh, but then it's it's like done well on YouTube, but nobody does it on LinkedIn. So it's it's like you're saying, it's like that that carryover is interesting. It's baffling, but I'll tell you what, what is happening. But there is a new wave, and, and, and there are two you know, the real break in the people over here that are sat here still thinking that the, the working world has to be you know, professionalism is all about three piece suits and white blocks and boardrooms, finger and eating bum holes, right? And you've got these guys over here, uh, like me, that have got tattoos, swear a lot, and you know, um, like being you know, like like the team over here that, that believe that professionalism is. is is all about doing a good job, right? No matter what you look like, no matter yeah. uh, how you do no matter, right? Um, but these guys over here, what they're not doing, and some of these guys over here, they're not looking at what goes well on other channels. It doesn't have to be business related. How's that kid growing on his YouTube, right? Or if you're in B2B and you sell off the stationery, why aren't you looking over here and thinking, how's that fashion brand got that massive TikTok following? How can we do that for off the stationery, right? No one's doing that. They're all sat there going, oh, well. I don't really know what to. I don't really know what to do. I mean, what's what's everyone else in office station doing? You know, it's, it's shit. Like you look, look outside of what look at what other people are doing, and that's where you get ideas. But the things that are have nothing to do with your industry. You don't even have to be business related. Look at all the kids on the channels on TikTok, right? And you know, I was going to say, you know, watch watch the kids, but that sounds like you're a paedophile. Don't be a paedophile, mm -hmm. but watch the kids appropriately. Uh, to be honest, that's that's actually the reason why I started the podcast or I rebranded the podcast uh, because I realized that if you just follow folks, let's say just great marketers, then you're always limited to their perspective, to their view of the world that is so limited. That is just uh, and to based on what they've read and they, most of them read just business books uh, and maybe some old copywriting books which are great, but then that's really the boundaries that they, that they set versus I've seen folks at TikTok and on Instagram, they're doing really weird things. And I have seen very, very few people who tried it in business that actually they do deliver results. I'm like, hey, like, why don't we just talk to those people and figure out if there are ideas that we could bring up? Because otherwise we're, like you said, we're just in this really bubble, in a small B2B or, or B2C bubble. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And you know what as well, the, the other the, the caveat of this whole thing is, right? Everything that I've just said might be complete utter bullshit to you or for anyone else, you know? Um, just because I've said this is the way it works and this is the way it works for me, doesn't mean there's no way that way for you. So take everything everyone says, including me, with a pinch of salt and just try and find your own way and try different things because, you know, there'll be a lot of people that, that listen to this and think, God, he's full of shit because I've done this different and it worked for me. So, right. it's, and that's fine as well because everything right. that we're throwing out is all subjective. 
that's the thing about market, isn't it? That's why everyone can be an armchair market. We're not brain surgeons. Everyone can have an opinion on it because it's just subjective. Um, and actually, a lot of market is just fucking guesswork, regardless of what these, you know, uh, kind of analytical types will tell you. It is. It's, it, it, there's only so far you can go with it because human nature is so unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guess what? It's just all subjective. So maybe this whole uh, this whole podcast is bollocks. <laughs> do you do you then do you think when uh, let's say you you create a post and you have a structure let's say you, you definitely want to have a hook regardless of where whatever you do you definitely want to have a hook the, the structure that falls after are you would that would that be totally something you can experiment with you could play around with it but as long as the, as long as the content the only the only purpose of content I say times on again the only purpose of content right is to is to make your audience feel something. Even if that's anger, right? If you want to piss them off, right, whatever. But it's just to make them feel something so that it opens up a conversation. Conversations, the thing that, it's just a conversation starter because conversations lead to sales eventually. That's all it is. It's just opening up a narrative between your customer and your business. And they feel something, you know, they get what you're saying and it's going to eventually drive them to do something. And then eventually you start, you can start slipping in, uh, you know, um, calls to action in there. But the people who try and put calls to action on everything and make you know their marketing product based all the time, they're the people that fail because you're trying to sell to people who literally couldn't give a shit about you. Get them emotionally attached first, whether that's human, whether it's you know impactful stuff, or whatever it may be, and then you know once you've created that value, it doesn't really matter how you do it. There's so many different ways to do that. Then you can start asking something of them. Right? How do you? Um... How do you make sure that you you hit the right audience? Let's say you want to maybe talk to VPs of marketing, let's or VPs of sales. How do you tailor your content to them? Do you look at their interests? Do you look at uh, maybe things that they liked on Facebook uh, that are outside of their business, and then say, oh, maybe I can take some of the ideas from there and then kind of apply it in my post? How, how do you make sure that? Hey, like we're hitting the certain level of interest from these from this audience. Um, I mean, I'd hope that if you were selling to an audience, you know them. That's one thing I'd hope as a starting point. I'd be very concerned about someone setting up a business to sell to an audience that they don't they know nothing about. Right, that always goes wrong. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this research, a lot of this talking to them, because you'll talk to your customers a lot, or you should, you should do. Um, you know, audience profiling is the, 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 is the way you start every marketing company. You, know, you want to profile your audience, figure out who it is, to speak to. That's that's one thing. Um, but then the, the, uh, it's just a case of getting stuff out there. So I always say, like, we're a, we always say, like, we're a strategy second agency. Actually, we're a strategy fucking six or seven, right? We don't develop a strategy up front because if you spend fucking six weeks, mm -hmm. you're developing a strategy, especially if you haven't really sold into the marketing. You know, you kind of know your audience, but it's a new business, or it's a new product, and you're not sure whether they like it, and you start developing market strategy for the next six weeks, six months, whatever. Um, it's all based on your opinion, and maybe a few fucking questionnaires or whatever, but yeah. questionnaires are normally shit, and people will just answer questions because they feel obliged to, whether that answer's right or not. Right. So what they actually um, and what they do is then, that, that you know, it's all based on opinion, they'll, they'll, they'll execute whatever it is they put in that market strategy, and it bombs, you've just wasted six weeks, six months, it's a massive loss making exercise to the business, but you'll find out so much more if you start to come up with content ideas, come up with a plan, of course, but execute stuff as quickly as possible, get it out there, because the only opinion that matters is that of your target audience. Your opinion doesn't really matter. So you start to learn what they like, by putting things out there. Well, you've got to have, try so many, that's why ideas are so important, because you've got to try so many different ideas. If this idea bombs this campaign, scrap it, it doesn't matter about that. Go on to the next one, what, what about this one? 
and eventually you might have to do 20, but you might find one or two things that really bang, they love it, it's different, and now you can start crafting a strategy around it. It becomes a living, breathing thing. Like the world moves too quickly nowadays to be fucking around with fucking 60-page strategy documents. No, I, I, I agree. So would, would that be as simple as, hey, we'll just put a list of ideas and let's just pick three that we think are really cool and our audience would resonate and let's just ship it and see what happens? Anything must be perfect. Perfection is bollocks, right? You know, you've got kids, dyslexic kids in the bedroom who, you know, can't spell, and, and you know, uh, who who have got blogs that are out doing Oxford educated copywriters, right? You've got um, kids in the bedroom doing videos on the phone for TikTok who have larger audiences and they're getting more results and making more money than, um, you know, senior videographers who've worked at fucking McCann for the last 10 years, you know? Um, this is the world we live in now, so perfection doesn't matter. It's not about perfection, it's not about the spelling, it's not about the, the execution doesn't have to be perfect, it's just about how fast can you get it out, how different is it, and how much are you going to learn when you analyse it from your audience, and they're the important things. Because once you've got that, that's, you know, if you've got kids, like say, sat in his bedroom, some teenager dribbling on himself, doing some pretty funny, funny TikTok videos, right, and he's banging out five pieces of content, uh, in the time that you've fucked around doing a, uh, a six-week strategy, the amount he's learned about the audience, you both attack, you know, attacking the same audience, the amount he's learned about the audience is so much more than you have, whilst you've just been, you know, thinking about pulling you William, trying to guess what they want to see. Um, and that's kind of the difference, and that's the world we live in now. And anybody who's still marketing in, in that way, the old strategy way, you're an idiot. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> as controversial as it is, I uh, I actually agree. I, I do agree with that <laughs> because I've seen I've been on 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 both sides. I've been on the side that you just described. I've been on the other side, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've I've experienced that. I have all the all swear words. I like the words. What do you think, uh, Dan? What do you think? I'm curious. So we have um, we have a webinar format. Been there for years. You know, you just jump, jump on the call, do a Q&A, you do polls, and, and you, you leave. Um, you have podcasts, pretty much one-way conversation. You don't really talk to an audience necessarily. Uh, what do you think, uh, what, what are some of the ways that you think um, you as an agency or you can mix it up in a different way? Uh, maybe take a podcast, put it into a series, or take some of the bits of the podcast, take some of the B-roll, mix it up into a funny clip. Like, how do you think about uh, existing formats in a different way? 100%, mate. I mean, the only thing that matters is asking yourself, you know, are we doing this for the sake of it? Which a lot of people do. Because of Gary V, right? And don't, uh, you know, we'll get onto that fucking yes. in a second. Right? Uh, but because of him, everyone thinks that they can just create a piece of content and chop it up into loads of mini pieces. And that piece of content was shit in the first place. And now they've just got loads of shitty mini pieces everywhere. All over a load of social channels, right? They're no better, right? So this, the concept still stands. If you've got a great piece of content, it's a hilarious podcast, and you've got loads of sound bites from it, they're hilarious. Chop those sound bites out because they can they can exist on a social channel. They might actually drive more listeners, if, you know, if, if they're good enough, right? Um, it, it just matters about the the, the the quality of the content. Don't do it for the sake of it. But if you look at piece of content, you go, ah, this has got multiple things in it. That's that's really funny. Oh, I like that bit as well. We could probably put that on Instagram because that worked there or that. Fine. Fine, but if, if, don't do it for the sake of it just because Gary Vee tells you to do it, right? Uh, you know, Gary Vee is a man who, yes, very clever, very, very talented marketer, evidently, or we wouldn't all know his name. Um, but he's also telling you to do things that he was doing on Facebook fucking two, three years ago. The, the man's not telling you what he does now. 
the man's not telling you that he has a 10 person fucking content team behind him who follow him around with video you know video and chopping it up all for him and sticking it all over social channels that already have massive followings right he's telling you the one-man band who should be concentrating on building the fucking business to do the same thing as he's doing with a 10-man content team you know he also and if you think he's not full of shit, uh, this is a man who tells you he started from the bottom when he was gifted a four million pound wine business he didn't start from the bottom he fucking started with a four million pound wine business right he doesn't, he doesn't even know what the fucking bottom is right context is everything right yeah exactly, exactly. So. um okay that's uh that's good i mean uh, some gear we fans will be disappointed <laughs> i mean I, I like some of the things he says but they are all they're also very black and white and i found that things generally never are like that like it's not like oh. do this do that and then you're gonna be like five million in dollars and in revenue and he's telling it, the guy, there is, there's, we all say some good things, and we all say some shit things. It's the same thing, you know, same as, exactly the same as me, exactly the same as any other market, right? There's, 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 you just got to find, kind of find the nuggets in, in between all the bullshit. Um, because marketers are by trade bullshit around us. They're all manipulators of, of audiences. Right. You don't think you're like, hey, lying, right? That's what, exactly <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> an audience into buying your product. Yep. What about uh, when you are coming up, let's say you you do two posts, maybe three posts a month. You don't do it super you don't do them super frequently. What do you how do you pre-test them to make sure they are not shit before you put them out? Do you maybe send it to friends, maybe send it to a colleague, say, you know what, I'm am I there or it's like am I just being being like flying somewhere in the clouds and think this is good, but actually this is not. Uh, I, I used to, I used to ask, you know, I used to ask a lot of people's opinions. Nowadays, it's just pretty much, you know, um, but uh, it, because we've lived so long now, we know our audience and we know the people we want to work with. It's quite easy to know what's going to work and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, getting, getting pretty, pretty good at, uh, at doing that. I know kind of what's going to bang. I can pretty much tell what's going to be better than other things. Um, but I wouldn't pre-test stuff. I wouldn't, I just, I, I just get out, yep. get it out there. And it's, you know, it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, move on. It's not a big deal. People get so uh, so caught up in it all. Um, but they're forgetting that, the, the, you know, the only thing that matters is the result. You know, it's not, a, not don't take it personally. If, you know, if you don't get any likes, it's not because you're a bad person or you're ugly, you might be, you know, but that's not why. Right. Uh, it's because the content is shit. So move on and try something else. But if, if, but if you do get two likes, don't do it again. Don't, yeah, don't, don't well, do the yeah. same format. Yeah, unless unless your uh, your audience is only two people and they're the only two people in the world you can tell to, uh, then well then you've nailed it. Mm. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. true. That's true. So Dan, you talked a little bit about so we just started talking about the structure and the fact that you are you're definitely more a creative side. You personally, what do you see yourself as the biggest strength? Where do you see yourself as as really really good at um, versus you know other folks who are let's say in creative industry or just in marketing in general? Um, I, I don't mean I'm, I'm particularly good at anything, to be honest. But I'm, I'm um, you know, the, the 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 two things that I'd say would be my strengths. Number one, ideas. So it's probably one of the only things that I've been good at is ideas. Uh, I've had, you know, the same. I've had a lot of shit ideas as well. Uh, if I went through all the businesses that I failed that I've had in the past, and uh, you'd also start thinking, I did fucking ideas are shit, mate. What you about? Um, and the other thing is, is 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 knowing knowing audiences and knowing a lot. But I'm, I've kind of been, I'm not the greatest writer on the planet. And I, I'm genuinely not even that technically good. I, I can't even spell most words. Uh, my vocabulary is very very small, mostly swear words. 
Um, but I can write for so many different industries because I've had so many uh, different businesses and so many shit jobs in the past. That actually, you know, for a 33-year-old guy, my life experience is actually pretty, very, 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 very varied. Um, tons and tons of stuff. So I can write for a lot of different industries because I can, I can get in their head. I understand at least a little bit about how they're feeling. You know, I've done a bit of code and I've built apps. I've done it. I, you know, I've, I've, I've uh, you know, I can design stuff badly. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've been in recruitment for a little bit and I was shit at that. Um, you know, I've had a recruitment happen that, you know, that phone, it asked, it's asked, I had a gym, um, you know, uh, I kind of, so I understand tech, I understand sales, I understand recruitment, I understand a bit of marketing, I understand a bit of design, it's kind of, that's yeah, kind of my two strengths, is, is, mm. is the ideas and having an understanding of people that I think a lot of writers, especially some of the younger ones, which sounds really ageist, but it's not, it's just because they don't have a life experience, um, probably don't have, and that's why they can't quite get the stuff to bang it's not it's not good writing it's because they don't understand the people they're writing for it's like a it's like a comedian right like who um just observing observing trying just being that person who does this who odd jobs and they're like oh yeah i get it because like now you just put it down on paper and you write it and bang it actually works exactly it's just yeah and I'm, i am a people watcher some say creep who do you who do you uh who do you like from the marketers or anybody uh on the creative side that you that you just watch their content, consume their content. Is there anybody? No, 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 no. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, so, um, you know, my guys are kind of people that are close to home. I don't really uh, buy into uh, celebrity or I don't buy into, you know, big profiles. It, it, it almost annoys me when people are like, okay, it's not that I've got something against them. It just winds me up. You just got loads of sheep licking their ass. But, um, you know, for me, it's people like like Paul Miller. You you yep. you, you obviously met Paul. Um, he's a he's a uh, you know if a, I'm not big on the whole mentorship thing, but I have to say I have a mentor it would be Paul. He's kind of like the older version of me, is where maybe I'll be in a few years. Cause he's got a house in France and he lives there, you know, for half the time. And uh, he's a very creative bloke, does some great stuff. Um, people like Mitch Sullivan in recruitment again. Um, same sort of thing you know it's people that are close to home that i kind of look up to and that i i watch a lot of their stuff and try and learn from and these are guys that i've watched as i've grown up for the past few years and gone ah oh, no that's good right now oh, i like how he's done that and i kind of learn off people that are a bit closer to home and i think people miss that a little bit mm -hmm. you know rather than sitting there buying all gary v's books why don't you have a look around who's around you and who's talented around you because you can learn off those people uh, and actually you can get more of those people because the chances are you can get in touch with them because both paul and mitch are now and my friends, right? You know, I, I come from my friends. I don't know whether that's reciprocated, uh, you know. But but that's that's kind of what I'd advise. Um, do, do you uh, do you believe into like like mentorship concept? Of course, you talked about the importance of it. Is that just for you? Hey, like I'm just gonna follow these folks, consume their content, talk to them a couple of times, or hey, I'd love to work with them directly and then and then collaborate on a few projects because you actually get to learn more, or it's both. Um, it can, it, you know what? It's whatever. It's whatever works for you. I'm uh, I'm not a people person, so I don't like working with people. So I try and avoid it. Uh, but I do watch them from afar and admire what they, the work that they do and try and learn off them. Uh, and now and again, get in touch and go and for a beer. Um, you know, I've had a couple of heavy nights with both Paul and me. Which one slept in my spare room? And uh, my ex missus at times like, uh, who's it? There's an old bloke in our spare room. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry about the old Mitch. Um, but uh, I think it's just it's just whatever works for you. If you if you work better having a mentor there that you can reach out to and work with and collaborate with, and you and you learn by 
sitting next to someone and, and, and watching them work and, and, and that's great. Me personally, I don't, I like the kind of arm's length, you know, at my pace. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of Do you, uh, I'm going to ask you, cause I'm, I know you mentioned a lot of failures and a lot of previous businesses you did. Uh, do you have like a favorite one that just gone to hell and you, uh, you would, you would want to share something that just didn't work a project or a client, uh, yeah, that, that, that's entertaining or some, or, uh, in, in that, because in, <laughs> I, I feel like you probably have a lot of these. <laughs> well, they, they know what's going on here. They know what I'm going to tell you. Um, but I once, uh, I once thought I could build a sports cosmetics business. I mean, that's not even a thing. It's not even a thing. I just, I just took sports and cosmetics and crammed the two together. Um, and I, and I, I so I, I kind of um, did boxing and, and, and MMA for years and thought uh, another thing I was never really good at. Um, and I decided a good idea was uh, was to develop um, organic Vaseline uh, for for fighters who uh, you know didn't want Vaseline to kind of you know clog the skin and give them spots. These are fighters who walk around with like black eyes all day. Why the fuck would they give, give a shit about spots, right? Stupid in the first place. Then I thought that I could then make this in my kitchen for cheap. So I got all these ingredients in, and I was you know I was stirring this stuff in a pan, like no regulation, no nothing. Pouring it in. <laughs> Good. I mean, that's, that's, you know, they were designed well and the website was great. Um, and then I, so I made this, it was called War Balm. Um, and I was going around gyms and selling that and putting it in a little box at the side. You know, I think it was in about what, five, six gyms, never sold any. Um, I think the only people buying online were, were my mates out of pity. Um, and then I developed a second product called, uh, called it was a bath soap called Gum Soak. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cheesy. Um, and my mate had just got a new bathroom suite installed and it had like these pink Himalayan salts in it. It dyed his new bath pink, uh, which I still never paid him back for. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my worst I mean, too, I mean, stupid. <laughs> well, you know, you... I got war bomb, he's locked. In the attic, I think there's still boxes of war bomb. <laughs> it's so, all, it's all, all, the, all the learning curve, all the learning curve, right? <laughs> Um, Dan, is there any um, final messages you'd love to leave the audience with just from, could be career perspective, marketing, copywriting, anything you think I haven't asked you that uh, you wish you wish you, uh, you did? Um, I, th- I suppose the advice would be, I mean, no one's going to do it anyway because nobody ever does and this is why there's only a select few other times out. But in the words of Paul Mellor, take fucking risks. Take fucking risks with your marketing. Because if you don't, you will blend into the dry, vanilla dog shit that everyone else is doing, and you will struggle to grow a business, especially nowadays when everywhere is saturated, every industry is saturated, you're going to struggle to stand out. So unless you take risks, it's going to be a fucking hard climb. Um, but if you take risks and do weird stuff like we do, you know, you can, you can grow a pretty profitable business in, in, you know, what is it now, Dino, about a year and a half? Speaking of... Uh... Uh, Dan, speaking of weird stuff, where's uh, everybody can find you online and and uh, the company that uh, that you have? Um, well, we've, our new website's been built, taking fucking ages. So we've just got a, a holding page up with a form on now that says, "Ah, fuck." Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to put that business. Maybe it is. Um, and just 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 on LinkedIn at the minute, we will be growing other channels when we can be asked. Um, but yeah, find us on LinkedIn, and you're probably seeing us. You know all about the UK. You you've seen us all over other social channels. I would I would would be surprised if uh, you know most people listen to this haven't 
come across some of our, our content without knowing it was our content. I know some of them did for for a fact. That was great to have you. Great to have you. Uh, great to ca- catch up and talk to you. No problem. Great to meet you, mate. I, just, I look back to it. This was another episode of Media Camp with Sergey Ross. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. It was so much fun to make as always. You can find all the resources, links, and books and recommendations from the guests in the show notes. You can connect with the guest as well uh, by following those links. You can connect with me on LinkedIn if we are not connected yet, and I'd love to like, comment, subscribe, all those things. If you see this episode on LinkedIn, if you see this episode somewhere else online, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Media Camp. I'm out. I'll see you in the next one.